0: Welcome to the Dental Master Series Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt VanderMolen, and this podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself, both personally and professionally. Throughout the series, you will have the opportunity to hear and learn from people who have reached high levels of success in life and in dentistry, and people who, these same people also genuinely want you to be able to do the same. So we're on uh, part two. I'm here with uh, Dr. John Phillips. Welcome, John.
1: Hey Matt, thanks for having me again. We 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 didn't quite get done last time, did we?
0: <laughs> we were having so much fun with our top ten that we, we we got through five. But I I thought there was really good content. I've reviewed my notes. Uh, I'm excited to bring a few things uh, back to my practice that that you brought up, and uh, and and I really appreciate you, and uh, and I'm sure our audience does as well. Um, so uh, just just as a quick review, um, if you haven't. For some reason heard the first part um you should go and do those those first uh five because those are some some fundamentals that we're going to build on uh with the uh the last five of the, of the top 10 that we chose and again um, these were uh items that, that john and i pulled from our uh teams um they thought these were important and then we sort of put them into an order and and uh put everything together but these are all points that our teams know and, and they know them because we spent tra- time training uh and training and training and training and um, I don't mean that to sound like a chore, it's not, um, but I just want Dennis to realize that, um, you know, it's not like dental school where they kind of, you know, showed you once and then, and then you kind of went in the lab and you did it and then they shamed you if, if you, if you didn't get it right by the third time, um, <laughs> you know, that's, at least that's how they did it at University of Illinois. And I, I, hopefully that's changed, but uh, I don't know, John, was that kind of how it was in dental school for
1: you? <laughs> I'm afraid so, Matt. I'm afraid so
0: so you know they you know a psychologist will tell you that it it takes uh people to hear something seven times before they really comprehend it so don't be, feel bad if, if you have to go back and, 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 and go through the podcast. Now, John, in our last podcast, challenged everybody to get out, stop the recording and, and go ahead and get a pen and paper out and write some of the stuff down or sit in front of your iPad or whatever and make some notes. Because um, a lot of things that we're talking about on the surface, you may say, well, yeah, I've, all, I've heard all that about new patient thing. We're, we're doing that. But are you really? Are what? you really doing these things?
1: And so and so listen, I. Uh, I, I like what you just said because the challenge with this is that somebody's going to listen to this and they say, oh, oh, I'm doing that. Oh, 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 we're already doing that. Matt, you you talked about the four levels of the dental practice. And if someone hasn't listened to that podcast, please go back and talk about it. Because level one is the solo doctor. Level two is a solo doctor that's overworked. Level three, you're becoming a real business with multiple providers, and level four, you're becoming a team-driven real business. What's my point? If you're doing all this and you're happy where you are, great. Why are you even listening? But if you're not happy with where you are, or if you're taking this, these are being taped during the COVID-19 pandemic. If If you're listening right now during this, Matt asked me to help him. We're doing these podcasts because it's helping us with our own practice to redefine our our vision and our mission. And really, this is all about our patience. And so I challenge everyone not only to take notes, but possibly have your team listen to them. Maybe do a Zoom meeting with your team. Maybe you say, okay, uh, team, we're going to listen to to this podcast, and then we're going to immediately have a brainstorming A zoom meeting zoom meeting session a brainstorming session to talk about what we just went over and challenge them and so there's so much more here uh we covered a lot last time and i feel like these are just basic fundamentals just basic fundamentals
0: and and you're right challenge your team to listen to them because uh, and and this is the truth we we drew all this stuff out from from our teams I mean, it was almost kind of a lazy thing. John and I decided we need to talk about new patients. and then and then uh John's lazier than me, so he came up with this suggestion. He goes, You know what? Let's let's go to our teams and let's let's have them tell us what's the most important and i'm so glad he did that because that was such a great exercise uh, and it, it was an optional thing so uh so people came out and they they kind of told and, and some people wrote one and some people wrote 10. um and it just um but it was all very valuable information for me to and to take back and to go over again. Um, one of these things about the, these four levels that are these four stages of dentistry that, that we defined a, a few podcasts ago is that every one of them, the fundamentals never go away. And as a matter of fact, if you find yourself and you're growing and, and you're, you're, you're starting to touch into that level three, you keep falling back into level two. There's probably a fundamental thing. And it might be new patients that you're missing something. Hmm. And, and, and really that's, that's, that's the kind of definition that you have to look at um, to, to bring yourself up to another level. It's, it's all, there's no, you know, you've heard this, I know you've heard this, but we we'll all look for it. There's no silver bullet. There's, you know, there's no, if you can't, you can't chase shiny objects. You, you know, it's not about getting a new machine in your office. Um, it's, it's not about. You know, some new marketing thing necessarily. It's all these little things, and and the fundamentals will build a practice every time. Without, every time. and without any technology, uh, you can literally have an, an, an amazing practice with really basic tech, technology. I, I can tell you that uh, because I know doctors that are like that. Absolutely, they do fine. They do fine.
1: Uh, and these are the fundamentals that we're going over. Yes, I mean, the...
0: and 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 John and I will be the first ones to tell you that we slip up sometimes. And so, like like he said, it's good for us. We're learning a lot from each other. We're refreshing about things and going, yeah, oh yeah, boy, I, you know, I used to do that every time. Now I'm slipping it. And so, so it's, it's good for everyone on every level, whether you're in level one or four, all these fundamentals apply. And if you're having a problem, go back to the fundamentals.
1: And before we get started, Matt, I just want to thank Dr. Tony Feck at Sunrise Dental for, for getting us to do these, because uh, that's just a great group of people that believe in these fundamentals and they're all at different levels, their practices, uh, uh, any type of practice that you, the, the people that are listening, there's people in Sunrise Dental that, uh, uh, Sunrise Dental Solutions that has that type of practice. And we're all in this boat together. Just a great group of, uh, like-minded dentists. And so I've got to give him a shout out and thank him very much. Uh, and then i got to thank you for inviting me to do this. This has been fun. And so I yes. uh, appreciate it's it very much.
0: It's very fun. And, um, you know, Sunrise gives the two things. Um, I mean, we're giving you all this information and and it, on one level, you might go, well, why are these guys telling us? All? I mean, what, what's their benefit? And our benefit is we're learning from each other, first of all. But what we're, what we're really interested in is that you... Um, you see these things and that you realize two things. One is you need to hang out with like-minded people. Mm, That's good. Sunrise is a great place to do that. And number two, you really need a coach. I don't care how good you are in whatever field you're in, there isn't a successful person who doesn't have a coach. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there's some really outstanding coaches, um, in Sunrise, uh, organizations. So, so John, we went through, uh, we went from 10 to six and now we got five, through one that we're going to go through, uh, uh um, and, and you, your, first thing is, is, uh, and I know I heard this a long time ago, uh, and it, it's good to, to, do it again, but, uh, tell them, tell them what they need and then give them what they want. And okay. Carefully, now, carefully yeah. Say that.
1: Yeah. And I've added something to that. So tell them what okay. they need, then give them what they want. I was told that right. a long time ago and, and, you know, um, we forget We sometimes think about enamel and we think about gingiva and we think about periodontal disease and we think about irreversible pulpitis and we forget that there's a human being attached to that. Right. So, so what, what is my job? What is your job? And this is a basic fundamental principle, but it ranked all the way up there at number five. My employees love this. Uh, We tell our patients what they need. We explain what they need and then we give them what they want. And then what, here's what we added. We cheerfully give them what they want because you see, everybody's at a different level. Okay. First of all, how do we know what they want? What? why are they here perhaps? Well, it's, it's a three letter word called ask. And sometimes we just say, Hey, why are you here now? And right. so guess, guess what, Matt, right. if it's a, if it's a patient.
0: What I, what I, what I like to say too, because sometimes they'll give you kind of this, you know, deer in the headlights look when you say that. So another way to kind of get them back is, uh, what made you pick up the phone and call us?
1: That's a great one. And, that is and, a great one.
0: And sometimes that brings them back. They're like, oh yeah. And, and they may say, they may say, well, I called last week or a couple of days ago and I had this, this tooth on the upper right, really killing me, but, but, but now it's fine. So I'm just here for a, I'm just here for a, a full exam. They'll say,
1: or something yeah, like that. isn't that you amazing know? how that works? You pick up the phone and call and the pain goes away, you know, and that, that's, that's how I've heard that so many times. And that's what I say. I said, isn't it amazing about the time you call and get in here? Uh, the pain's gone away. So hopefully everybody listening, uh, they can get the patient in within 48 hours when they call while they're still having pain, but it never fails that they show up and the pain's gone. But, but you know what? Maybe they're here only because of a toothache. That's okay. Right. Yep. We, we need to find out maybe they're here for a tooth. They can, all they really can wrap their mind around is you may talk about all this complex stuff that's going on in their mouth and they may only say, yeah, doc, I, I get, I've got, I get, a, I I understand I've got heavy tartar buildup and I understand I've got some chipped and broken teeth and those fillings were done with that when I was a kid. I understand all that, but this one tooth hurts. Can't we just fix this one tooth?
0: Yeah. So John, are if, uh, you've got a, you know, a pretty good time block for this, this patient to be uh, in your office, your, let's say your, your, your front phone person missed it, or it was kind of a hurried thing. And so they got to they got in your morning huddle, yeah, this person's here for a full exam. They haven't been in for a while. They, they want a full exam, no toothache. And uh, you got this time scheduled and it's with your new patient coordinator.
1: Great. I love it.
0: Whole chair's coming up and now, and now they come in and they go, yeah. You know, I just, they tell your sister or new patient coordinator, I, I just, I just really want this one tooth now. Are you going to be cheerful that that they blew out your schedule for? Okay, think about this.
1: Okay, hold on. Number one, do you trust that your team does a good job? Do you trust that the lady answering the phone does a good job? Do you believe that you're here to take care of patients? And do you believe that some people will slip through the cracks? Do you worry about the one percenters? Do you, Matt? Are you going to micromanage that much that you're going? No, okay, no, all right. Not not how not do you? I'm, I'm do asking you. Are you still going to be cheerful? Are you going to be cheerful? I know. How am I going to do that? How am I going to turn lemons into lemonades here? And I don't think I know where you're going with it. How do I cheerfully (laughs) give them what they want? Maybe we have a lot of time here and and maybe we made a mistake with the schedule. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. So, Matt, um, if that's really your concern, if there were a way we could do it today, would you want to?
0: I love it perfect.
1: You set me up is what you did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. I knew where you were going, but but let's talk about this because if I cheerfully give you what you want,
0: right. And I've talked
1: about these other problems and let's say right then, We turn lemons into lemonade and I get you numb and I take the tooth out. And as soon as I get you numb, that pain goes away and you're so thankful and you're so appreciative. And I say now, Matt, um, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. I said, uh, can you see these three other teeth that are just like that one? Right. Matt, would you want to, um, maybe, maybe, uh, wait till those start hurting like this one? Or do you think we should go ahead and um, at some point in the near future, do an exam and let's get a game plan for your mouth. How do you feel about getting a game plan for your mouth?
0: Right. Or it could be that's so bad you're suggesting, would you like to go ahead and get those other teeth out?
1: Uh, And yeah. And your assistant up front saying, Hey, we're short for hitting goal. And so maybe you're doing a lot more dentistry that day. It's just asking, why you know, these, are they here now?
0: These kind of patients, I, I used to get upset I, this, when I was younger and more irritable. I used, to get, <laughs> <laughs> I used to get really upset when this happened. I was so mad. And, and, uh, and that was so dumb. And, you know, this kind of patient and and I know and I've been doing dentistry long enough that I know this happens. So let's say this patient comes in and you'll see these things and he's like, "Yeah, doc, you know, he goes, I, "You don't understand, doc. I'm just a bad patient. I'm all, you're only going to see me when I have a bad tooth." But I'm going to guarantee you that that guy is going to go back to whatever they're doing and they're going to just say, "Man, that Dr. Phillips, he's amazing. He took that tooth out. He did it in the same day. It didn't hurt. He was a really nice guy. Um man, I'm I'm he's my dentist." And you know, my wife has lectured me over the years because I'm I always look. Well, who's your real patients? And I always define that. Well, if they have an appointment, then I call them my real patients. But the truth is, is over time now. Been in Springfield now since 2004. We have over 20,000 uh, records in in our computer system. And uh, and if and if you're any dentist has been in for a while. It's kind of scary to look at that and you think, oh, my God, I I have all these people. And yet I only, you know, in my case, we have four or five thousand that are actually active. And you're like, well, where's all the fifteen thousand? And and my wife reminds me, she goes, you know, unless those people are dead or moved away, most of those people, if you asked them who their dentist was, they would say it's advanced dental
1: Mm -hmm. care. That is so true. And that is so
0: true. Most people, even though they're a quote unquote bad patient, um, they're telling other people that, you're a good guy. You're you're a good dad. They're just not conforming to us coming every, you know, six months for their cleaning and doing all that. I mean, they they, they won't do that, and that's okay. We take care of them, and uh, and and that's what it's all about. We're 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 there to take care of people. Well, I'm they don't meet. And I'm not saying that you should sort of sacrifice your, uh, your standards, um, but it it always pains me when I, when I see dentists, especially standing up at at a podium and they're proudly saying, well, I only see, you know, full case. And if, if it's anything less, well, you know, maybe the best thing that happens to that poor patient is they get passed on to their somehow lesser uh, associate that's doing bread and butter uh, dentistry. And that's, that's really annoying to me because that's, that you're really losing what it is that you're, you're supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, Um, Every patient is at such a different level. And, and, you know, those, those patients, uh, don't conform to what you think or you define as an active patient and that's right. okay too. Listen, right. the whole point is, is to tell them what they need. Yep. Don't sugarcoat it. Be very honest. Tell yes. them exactly what they need. Now, let me say it a different way, Matt. Tell them what they need as if they were a family member. And what if I said, you know, Matt, these teeth are pretty broken and, and you know, you, you just want them out, but you know what, if you're a family member, I, you know, I would save them. If you came in here and you're my bro- you're my brother and you'd say, Hey, take care of me. There's no way I would take these out, but so I'm going to tell you what you need, but then I'm going to give you what you want. And I have to do it cheerfully. Now, let me talk about one other thing about the whole cheerful comment. How many times has a team member up at the front or an assistant or maybe a new patient coordinator, maybe a hygienist. We've all been guilty of this. We're like crap. Oh, man, we're wasting our time again. This is terrible and you know you'll never grow your practice if you can't We need to talk about the cheerfulness because if, if we're blessed and we're helping people, that's the that's the that's the ticket. That's the golden ticket because if we're really in this to help patients, that patient with a broken tooth that 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 can only afford to take it out, they've got an uncle that needs um, their whole mouth redone. And because you didn't judge them, or because you got them and took care of them, or, or maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna win the lottery. Who knows? But you just can't judge people. That's where the cheerfulness comes in. <laughs> Tell them what they need and give them what they want cheerfully. Cheerfully give them what they want. That's pretty deep. I'm, I'm, that's pretty deep from this for, for this Oklahoma guy. What do you think, Matt?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, it, it's funny because this is the toughest thing for me because I uh, Jay Leno he, uh, when when he had the Tonight Show, he had a he had I forget who the actor was. He's a another Italian guy, and he, and he, they called him the judgmental bastard. That that was his, uh, <laughs> his line, and he would go out on the streets, out out and uh, wherever that they've their studios were and he'd go out on the street and he, he would say ahead of time, he goes, okay, these people. And he would judge, he would say what it is and then he would interview him to see if he was right. And of course, you know, many times he was right, but you know, you don't know how many people he judged or judged it, that they got all it right. But it was, it was funny. But my wife, I remember every time that came on, she'd be looking at me and go, man, that's you. Here's a judgmental bastard. And, 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 you know, that's part of your personality. You get a read on people and, and you decide things, but even if, even if you're right, um, I, I think the thing to, to know is that, is that you're there to take care of people. That's and, right. And again, I'm I'm not saying to diminish your standards. Um, you would never do something like it, it's okay. Like if someone came and told you to take out two teeth and, and, you know, they weren't in pain and, and just because they were ugly and you decided, no, that's not the right thing to do. It's okay to say, no, you know, that's not the right thing to do. You know, I, I'm not, you know, you know, I say things to people like that. You can put the gun to your head, but I, I'm not going to pull the trigger. That's a
1: great point, you know? Matt. That so That's not what we're like talking that's, about.
0: That's not what we're talking about at no.
1: all.
0: Yeah. So I just no. want to make sure that everybody understands that.
1: No. And, and so, and so when you think about this and, and you think about planting seeds, maybe the patient here, they're here and, and they're scared to death and, and they want to be sedated. Well, think about it this way. If we're cheerfully going to give them what they want, Maybe possibly we sedate them and fix one tooth to build trust. Okay, but let's flip it around. Maybe possibly we sedate them and they want to be sedated because they want to get as much done as possible. Do you right. see the difference? Right. The, the patient comes in wanting sedation and we have to ask questions to find out, you know, why. Why? Why do you want to be sedated? Well, I got this tooth, and this tooth hurt me, and you, you know, I just, I just can't take it anymore. Well, maybe, maybe that's all that patient will allow you to do is to sedate them and take out that one tooth. Maybe they need more dentistry, and they will allow that. However, the next patient comes in, they say, "No, I just got to be sedated. I just got to be sedated." Well, tell me more about that. Why? Because I hate coming here. Doc, when I'm sedated, I want you to do everything you can. Right. And so right. when you when you ask, why are they here? And you're asking those questions, what brought you in here? Why are you here? Oh, it was the sedation that brought me in. Oh, Matt, I heard your radio commercial. Or I saw you on TV. Or I found you on the internet. And man, this sedation stuff, it seems like it's it's the way to go for me well, then you just can't assume. You have to ask some more questions to find out what they really want and to give it to them cheerfully.
0: Right, and and there might be people that, uh, even though you've advertised that you do sedation, they come in, they just need a lot of dentistry done and you, you can't forget. Um, and, and one of my team members very astutely brought this up is to go ahead and just, even though they're, it's, that they didn't say on the phone and they didn't necessarily say they need a station say, Hey, you know, uh, have you thought about, do you know anything about sedation and you got a lot of dentistry here? Um, you, you should just sleep through it and get it done you know, one or two visits. And And that's an eye opening thing. And boy, man, that really, that can sell a lot of cases because in their mind, you know, they already got a bunch of crappy amalgams or beat up crowns or whatever. And in their mind, they're thinking about all the hours of dentistry they went through. So if you went in and just straight up and didn't even offer sedation, you said, well, we're going to do this quadrant first. And you're, you're thinking it's all great. You do one quadrant you don't see him again for three years. And then, and then then everything is so bad the next time, (laughs) you know, you can't even do that. So, so don't forget to, to, to bring that up. And the other thing I want to say when you're talking about this, uh, why, you know, why we ask them why the, I, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I was a stock boy at uh, Dominick's Dominick's is a, a big grocery store chain in the Chicago Chicago land area when I was growing up. And you know, they worked us like dogs. I mean, we worked really hard. That was a great job. I learned a lot of thing people skills, but there's one lady, her name was Donna, and Donna was in the deli in the back and the, and the employee uh, break room was just right through so they had these swinging doors and and donna was right there and and we had our 15 we punch out for our 15 minutes and you had to make sure you punched out right at 14 or not you know not 16 or whatever you better do it. so i am sitting there sitting watching the clock and everybody's smoking in there uh, except for me i'm <laughs> sitting there <laughs> so so i'm watching i'm watching i'm watching i'm watching uh donna and and she um, I watched her at the deli and here's what she does. So people go up and they go, Hey, I want a, uh, you know, half pound of, uh, sliced, uh, honey ham. And she would go there. She'd slice it, put it in the rat And as she was putting it up on the shelf, she go, and what else? Nice. And, and, and it was amazing to me that, and I was picking this up when I'm 17 years old. It was amazing to me how people would look startled and then they'd go, oh, well, Okay, yeah, and and then I'll have a you know I'll have a half pound of roast beef too, and it, it was like.
1: She, then what would she say? Then what would she say?
0: She, and and then she'd do the roast beef, and she would go, and what else?
1: <laughs> I <laughs> love I'll it, it
0: and I was just in, I was just it was unbelievable. So my most of my team knows this story because because someone will tell you something, and it's probably really not it, and sometimes it might be an embarrassing thing and especially the person that comes in when I've been in for 15 years, I, I just really, I, I, just, I just, really, I know I need to get stuff. So I, I'm just here for full, for, for this full exam thing that you guys you know, advertise. And, and then you just look at them and go, okay, and what else? And you just keep saying that until they look at you like, do you know how to say something else? Um, it's amazing sometimes how deep that will go. It might mm. take you three, three or four times to, to get that. And then, and then at, at the same time, Maybe it is all those things, but you're bringing it out of the patient. So they come in and they say, well, I, you know, I, I want to do this full exam. And what else? Well, you know, I, I saw you, you guys do uh, fast braces. I was kind of thinking, actually, I was thinking about that for my kid. Oh, okay. And and what else? Oh, well. Um, I love you know, this. Talking about these veneers. Oh, okay. And and what else? So you just keep doing that. <laughs> it's kind of like the kid that goes, you know, the, the two-year-old. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, or I guess that's three. I don't know. It's been a while since I have kids that age, but, uh, some, some states are always asking you why, right? I guess at two, they're telling you what to do. And at three, they start asking why. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so is there, is there anything else or, and what else? Yeah, uh, that's good. Two, two things that I would add to that. that
1: I, I'm writing this down. That's really, really good. I, I like that a lot. And so when you're asking questions, maybe it's all about dentistry but maybe it's about something else. And maybe it's about a wedding. Um, I had a, I had a patient that came in and his mouth was in terrible shape. Are you hurting? No. Can you eat? Yeah, I can eat. Okay. Um, are, are you having any, are you having any pain or any, any swelling or sensitive to hot or cold? No, no. Um, do you ever have bad breath issues? No. Uh, Well, well, do your teeth hurt? Well, they're just loose, but they don't hurt. You can eat anything. Yeah, I eat anything. Well, okay. I'm a little. I I need some more information. Tell me, why exactly are you here now? Right. And and then he looks at you, and uh, I'll never forget what he says. He said, "My daughter is getting married." I said, "Okay, all right." And hopefully, it's not next week. (laughs) and, And my next question is. (laughs) <laughs> wonderful can i ask you a question he said yes i said when yeah and he said in a in 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 like 9 months i'm like great we've got time and so he was functioning perfectly fine according to his standards but not functioning enough to smile when he walks his daughter down the aisle and when he told me My daughter's getting married. He says to me, and a tear comes down. He says, I've got to walk her down the aisle and we've got to fix this. That's what he said. We have to fix this. And so everybody's why now, why are they here now, is different. Whether it's sedation, a big wedding, or they're afraid to smile, or whatever, a toothache, whatever it is. We have to... Tell them what they need to get what they want. But then we have to cheerfully give them what they want. I mean, if they want a brand new smile, we've got to be ready to tell them all the options for that and then let them pick the option and cheerfully give them what they want. And, and um, you, you know, you never know. You don't walk in your patient's shoes. You never know what brought them to this point and you just can't assume anything. That's, that's what I want to say about this. Any other, anything else, Matt, on number five?
0: Yeah. And, you know, and we're going to go into number four, which is, you know, ask, don't tell. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that too. But, you know, I know with the COVID-19 and everything, we're being told, you know, we should only have the patient in the room, but I have to say, I'm probably going to break that rule. Uh, Especially uh, a lot of times in our office, we'll uh, actually, when people have had a lot of they've been gone from dentistry for a while and we feel pretty comfortable, uh, that they're going to actually go through some things on the phone and they might be told, Hey, we're going to gather a lot of information. Um, we're going to get, um, we're, we're going to get, um, you know, we're we're, gonna get, um, you know we're, we're, we're just get information and, um, you know, and what Dr. Vanderman likes to do is he likes to to take all that. So we're going to get these images and we're going to get these photos and Dr. Vamil likes to study that. And then he, we may actually have you back for a second visit where he'll go over, he'll actually try to you know, do a plan for you based on all the information. So it's real important we do that. And then he'll, um, you know, he'll, he'll do his, his, exam then. And we do that ahead of time so that um, and because it sometimes, you know, new patients get thrown in somewhere because you know, the, the schedule changes and I'd rather get them in. Uh, any place rather than, than make them wait, like you said, uh, getting them in, in the, the first, uh, you know, within a week for sure, uh, it's what you want to do. So when, when you do that, you, you, you set those, um, th- those those ex, ex, expectancies up, then that's good. And 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 what I'm trying to get to talking about too many things here, but but is that when that person comes through, if they come by themselves and it's for a wedding, chances are their wife has kind of booted them in there too. So, um, so you always invite the spouse to come in. And a lot of times this, the spouse will come in with a new patient. And actually we encourage that when it's, ah, it's been a really long time and the patient's afraid, well, one, can your spouse come in at that time too? One, yeah. want to bring
1: to and can you bring someone with you? Because we're going to go over a lot of stuff and I would hate for you to have to try to go home and tell them. what, what all decisions you've made without them being here. We just find that it works so much better that way. And it's a quick conversation. It's not a big deal. They always want to come. And if it's a true high fear patient, do you have somebody that you trust enough to drive you here? So you won't back out. I maybe not say it. So you won't back out, but just so you'll be sure and come. We've had lots of high fear patients that can't come. They can't, they can't even walk in the building. They're so scared. And, and so that's good stuff, Matt, that, I mean, you got to have, you got to we'll have,
0: I don't think we'll have to put them in a plastic bag, but you know,
1: <laughs> well, we, we've got to figure out a way we, 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 it's too, it's so relational dentistry, dentistry is so it's about trust. It's about relationships. And one way to do that is number four. And it's, it's asking, not telling. Now we've already been hinting on all this stuff. There are five objections. Every patient has they're scared, possibly trust, possibly time, possibly money. And the last one is a lack of urgency. They don't feel the problem. They, they don't want to necessarily get it fixed. But right. those five uh, objections, scared, money, urgency, time, trust. I'm going to say it again. Scared, money, urgency, time, trust. And so our job is to put everything in the form of a question. So if And and this is an exercise we do with our team as well. Always put things in the form of a question. You brought this up earlier, okay? So I'm going to do the first one, Matt. So the first one is uh, something like the patient looks at at me and the patient says, is this going to hurt? Now, a long, long, long time ago, I might look at him and say, nope, not at all. (laughs) Well, that's not the right answer. The answer is in the form of a question here. The patient says, is this going to hurt? Right. What the doctor or the team member needs to say is, wow, it sounds like you're really worried about being hurt. Tell me more about that. Right. That's non-confrontational. Right. And so that patient got hurt in the past because, um, they were held down as a kid and, uh, the, the dentist held them down and did, and, and had to take that tooth out and it was an infected tooth and, and they put them on a papoose board and it was a terrible experience. And the, the patients had experiences past since then that were good, but they just moved into town. And now all of a sudden, uh, they're like, you know what, if you could give me some nitrous and you just talk me through it and tell me everything you're doing, I'm okay. But the next patient says, you know, it sounds like uh, you're worried about being hurt. Tell me more about that. The patient says, yeah, if we do a lot of dentistry, my jaw locks open. So we have to shorten things down to a, to a little bit. You don't know what the patient is thinking, so let, let's do another one, Matt. And so, okay. so if if I was if if um, if you were to ask me, um, well, let me ask you this, okay? And you're gonna put I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't rehearse this. I'm I'm gonna ask you a question, and you because I'm the I'm the scared patient now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, and you're gonna put it back in the form of a question. Very simple. So so Dr. Vander Molen. Um, um um do you do you have to give me a shot
0: absolutely and i'm going to use the biggest needle i have John.
1: oh oh <laughs> oh oh that's how they do it in illinois if everybody's listening oh that was rough
0: well first of all and i know this is true in your practice I and mean, we don't even say the word shot that no doesn't. The, that's a,
1: that's a dental cuss word that we don't say the S word. So,
0: anesthesia. so, so do, you, just, do you have to give me a shot? I, yeah. Well, you know, God, it sounds like you're really concerned about that, uh, about shots. Is that, is that right?
1: You know yeah. what? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I never can get numb. And so they have to keep sticking me with that needle and they give me one shot after another and one shot after another. Wow. And uh, I did find one doctor seven years ago that sedated me. When he t- it was an oral it was an oral surgeon he just took out my wisdom teeth it was the best experience ever but since then I haven't found anybody I've never had a good experience and I right. just hate the shots
0: right so yeah there's all kinds of possibilities with that they they hate the shot because it doesn't work. Uh, they hate the shot just because they're one of these people that's afraid of needles, even though their whole body is tattooed. Um, <laughs> right? You've had those yes. patients, right? Yeah, all the time, right? I always well, like that when you're driving, your you can kind of find the spot on their tattoo. So if they're kind of hard to find that vein, you can you go, okay, you make a little note on there or take a little picture of their tattoo and know where you're supposed to go.
1: That's but, so true. Uh, but the truth is that. is that you don't know what the fear is. No, you don't. You think you the fear is a shot, but... But that's because that's what they said. You've got to ask the question. It could be that they have a fear of needles, and as long as listen, Dr. Vandermolen, as long as I don't see those needles, as long as you don't ever show it to me, I'm fine. Right. If you can use that numbing gel and maybe some of that laughing gas stuff, whatever it is, I'm fine. Or or maybe yeah yeah when I was when I was in, in my twenties, the dentist numbed the wrong area, or mm-hmm. or or the dentist got me numb and I felt everything and it never worked. You just don't know unless you're asking questions,
0: right? And that's all great information. Um, that's going to help you be that much better um, when you quote unquote give your shot. So, um, so that's that's huge. And you know, uh, John, we talked about this. Would be a great uh, role play thing because all five of those objections yes. uh, can be used with all these, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I might I, question for I, all five objections. I might ask you. I'm, I might say. Uh, Matt is I'm sorry Dr. Vandermolen um how long is this going to take?
0: Right? And you like, "Oh, uh, just we'll, we'll be done in an hour." <laughs> right? And then they and then you find out, "Oh, they got to be out of here or they they they're worried about, you know, it, that that that's going to be too long for them or who knows what they're thinking about." Well, so, so turn question, it around. Now you ask the me. Is, the, question is, the question is the question is, well, it sounds like yeah, you know, it's time of concern for you. And that's well, something that our staff has really gotten good at asking about, especially when you're working in new pay or you're working in the same day stuff is, is time a concern for you before That's we good. Do anything else, is time concern up for you? And they may go, yeah. Or they may go, no. So but if they say, yeah, it's like, okay, well tell me what's going on. And then they work around it. But that is such a powerful question. Um,
1: well, I know and, your team does this because you just said that you just said, well, tell me what's going on. And so, so you are, you are, you are, Digging into the conversation by asking questions, and right. that's the powerful part because it could be simply that, that uh, yeah, I have to be out of here at 12.01. Or it could be, hey, I need to make a phone call and tell my boss that that I'm going to be here right. a few more hours. He won't care. I can stay late and work. Or it might right. be, there's no way I can do this now if it's going to take more than 20 minutes. What's well, going right. to take two hours? Well, well, well uh, I could come in early in the morning. So you just don't know unless you ask, and so I know we're having fun with this, but the truth is, just don't answer the question. Is this going to hurt? Yep, it's going to hurt. Um, how how long am I going to be numb? A long time. Do you have to use the needle? <laughs> yeah, the big long one.
0: You only say that to your team when you're doing treatment on them. So well, it's, it's, it's yeah, but it's
1: that, that does. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that so true?
0: As my team, they always look at each other and go, well, you're not a real patient. So, and I always laugh at that because it it really tells you how much they understand of what they're doing um, because they'll, they'll, they'll kind of mess around with some of that. So. um, So let me, let me
1: tell you, let me tell one quick story about this asking thing. And this is a great story. There, there was a, there, there was a kid who was flying and this is a true story. And um, he had to fly uh, to his grandma's house and he had to, had, had to switch planes and he was freaking out about it. He was freaking out about switching planes, and he just could not wrap this around his head. And his parents are like, "What's wrong with you? You've, you know, you you've flown before. That's that's not a problem." And and so and he, and he said, "Well, I just don't, I don't want to switch planes." And they're like, "Well, what what's wrong? Well, I'm going to be by my, myself. I don't want to switch planes." So they went over everything about about how the stewardess would take them off the plane and how somebody would get them back on the plane. And finally the dad said, son, what is it exactly that you're concerned about with switching planes? And the little boy sat down and looked at him and said, I don't know how I'm going to jump from one plane to the next. (laughs) See, he had his, he had, in his mind, he had that it was going to be, he didn't even, he he had flown before, but he couldn't wrap his mind around switching planes by himself. He thought he's going to have to jump from one plane to the next. And so sometimes we can go about, we call, we, in in my practice, we talk about going around the mountain and you go around the mountain and you go around the mountain and you go around the mountain until finally you ask a question and you say, what, what is your concern about? Um, what are your concerns about the needle? Well, I just don't want to see it. It wasn't getting numb. It wasn't they wanted to be sedated. It's just don't show me the stupid thing. And you feel really dumb when you stop and ask a question. And that's why this makes number four, Matt. This is crucial to my practice is the art. I call it an art form. It's the art of asking questions. Gosh, where's the time going? We've got to get going. And so, so here we are again. Uh, uh,
0: so good stuff, Um and this is um, similar, but uh, it's, it's a little bit of a nuance too. So we are talking about, uh, you know, what's the dominant buying motive and um, in, in, in all this? And we've covered some of that, but do you want to say a few things about that?
1: I do, I do. And and so why are patients coming in? We've not, I mean, all this is starting to run together, but, but we, we need to identify this and write it down. And so we just talked about, We just talked about asking questions and putting everything in the form of the question. That is to find out the dominant buying motive. For example, the dominant buying motive might be they've waited forever to come in because they hate the needles. We just talked about needles. They hate getting numb. Maybe that's a reason. Maybe that's all to do with pain being a dominant buying motive. What's their true motive for coming in? Maybe it's their smile. Maybe they broke their front tooth and now their smile is affected. And so now they're here. Maybe now they can't chew anymore because they're packing food or because a tooth broke or because it's sensitive. Those are all true motives as to why someone would come in. Now, we've got to write this stuff down, Matt. We're going to ask questions. We're going to find their true motives dominant buying motive, the reasons they make decision. You said earlier, you said, well, why is it that patients come in and then they leave and they don't schedule? It's because we're not asking the right questions and we're not finding the true reason for why they're here. Right. If we can ask the questions and find the true reasons, then we have a chance.
0: Right. Does that make sense? Talking, right. And then when you're talking to them, it, it all revolves around that one thing.
1: And yes, and People that's why this is...
0: Because they're... And so you've discovered why they're in. And now you're going to tell them multiple times how that's going to go away, because because they're going to do the treatment that you recommend, um, or at least get started on it. That's, that's right. Getting rid of that. Um, so, you know, um, that that that's that's very powerful. And and, you, okay. and 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 then and then you have that in your notes. And so you're doing maybe you're doing you know you're segmenting your treatment out, and even if it's going off two years or whatever, you still want to go back to that. Thank um, you. Th- is, um, because that's, and that's impressive to the patient, number one, that you even remembered. And it, and it shows that you really, uh, you get them. Um, that patient's not leaving.
1: That's good. That's good stuff. They are, they're in for hygiene or they're in for recall. And it's 18 months later you say, Mrs. Jones, I know you're worried about the pain and you're worried about being able to chew your food properly. We got that left side, the whole left side of your mouth done. How's it doing? Oh, it's doing great. I love it. Well, I, I I don't want to overlook the fact that that's important to you. Let's look at the right side. And they appreciate it. You're, yeah. t- you're talking their language then. That's yeah. what the dominant buying motive is, the true purpose for why they're here now. But let's take it one step further. I said the lady comes in and she she can't smile anymore because she broke a tooth. So then you got to ask more questions. Well, why are you here? Well, because look, I broke my front tooth and I can't smile. Yeah, when did you break the tooth? Well, I broke the tooth three months ago. Or a year. Oh, ago. I broke oh okay, you broke the tooth over a year ago. And so did something happen that maybe caused you to come in and maybe they say, Yeah, my granddaughter says, Why aren't you smiling anymore? Okay. I love that no, one. I that's love, an emotional I love, treasure. I love we love grandkids. How about the one I said earlier? How about the one that, that the gentleman said? Said, yeah, my teeth I can chew just fine. My teeth are just loose and, and everything's good. Well, why are you really here? See, I, I get this, gave this example earlier. Why are you really here? And he said, my daughter's getting married and I have to walk her down the aisle. In my hallway is a picture of a gentleman on his daughter's wedding day. And he That's gave awesome. me that picture. And when we do our new patient tour, we show pictures like that to our patients. And we say, see this gentleman, his whole purpose was able was he wanted to smile. We're in the relationship business. We tell patients he wanted to be able to smile on his daughter's wedding day. And when he did, guess what? He gave us this picture. It was the coolest thing ever. Here's another one. Here, here here's here's a here's a Here's another one. The patient, the patient says, you know what? I'm really, really, uh, I've lost some teeth. I'm having trouble chewing. Okay. You're having trouble chewing. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm here. Well, tell me, tell me more about that. I mean, are, are you, have you been able to chew good up until recently, or has this gone downhill over a long period of time? Now I'm not doing this. My assistants are, that's a disclaimer. And my assistant says, so this has been going on for a long time, yes. So what are you worried about now? Well, I'm worried about being able to chew my food. This is a true story. Because as a kid, uh, my grandfather had, uh, he had dentures or parcels or something. I don't know, but he had this denture paste. And every time I spent the night with him, the smell of that denture paste in the bathroom would make me gag. <laughs> That's a true story mm-hmm. that is a true story. How about the teacher that won't smile anymore how about the how about the principal that won't smile anymore because the this is the principal the principal he won't smile anymore, and the reason he won't smile is because some kindergarten kids said uh, uh mr principal why why is your tooth black right that't you uh, your teeth <laughs> yeah why why yes. And, uh, another one, we've all heard this is saying, yeah, um, uh, I, I've, I've been living in, in Southwest Oklahoma now for 18 years. And this is a true story. And I've got family members coming in from Germany and I haven't seen them in 16 years. And they're not going to see me like this, or I've got a reunion coming up. Okay. And so how do we find that emotional treasure when the patient says they're having pain or they won't smile, you always have to ask more questions, okay? These are basic fundamental things, but you have to ask more questions to get to this point. And it could be like the Matt Vandermolen, and what else? So you're having pain in this tooth, yes, and what else? Well, it hurts and it packs food in there, okay, and what else? And, and sometimes it wakes me up in the middle of the night, oh, that does sound bad. Is there anything else that would make you want to come in? Uh, that, that made you come in right now. Well, well, yeah. When I smile, it has a black hole here now because that that piece broke off. And and my my husband said I don't smile anymore because I haven't been. Oh, so you're not smiling anymore because of that that black hole. Yes, that's so. Really, it's not that the tooth broke off and you're having pain that brought you in. It's what your husband said. Yes, it's what my husband said. Now you have to be very careful. You have to be very humble and you have to be very respectful and you have to cheerfully give them what they want. But you have to unwrap that package and put that package back together. And you have to thank them for being very honest. This is a very, very trust-building appointment. And this happens at toothaches. This happens at consults. This happens at new patient exams. This happens on the phone. When a high fear patient calls, we will talk to them you know, for maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And sometimes we'll get this far in the conversation just on the phone. That's pretty cool. And so,
0: and so all, so what you're uh, doing when you're really understanding these people's stories is now you're building stories mm. and that's number two um, is the importance of a patient's story when you are communicating, uh, with new patients or any patient. Right. So, um, and, and I, I know, uh, in, in my practice, we, we basically went out and we sought stories. Cause I was so upset because I was like, we got all these great stories and we don't know what's going on. And so we actually built up a library of them. And, uh, and so we have those to tell. Um, but in this context where we've got a new patient, uh, you can just start saying, well, you know, if this happens or if you don't do it, here's what happens, or if you do do it, here's what happens. But it's, they're not gonna remember all that they are going to no. remember a story about what you just said, grandpa walking or, or dad walking someone down the aisle. So those kind of things. And it's awesome that you have that picture in the, in your, in your, uh, in your office. Cause you can even point and say, did you see that picture of that guy over there? Let me tell you about him. You know, when he, uh, <clears throat> when he came in, he just, he just, you know, he, he was, he was, you know, feeling like, well, you know, I'm okay, but, uh, and. And, and, and then, and then you can go on from there. And then I know you use the feel felt found and that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a dirty sales technique. Um, and that that's used in all kinds of sales, but again, um, it's basically a way to tell a story, right?
1: That's what it's really about—the patient story—and and it's not about any type of, none of this is about some slimy seas, sleaze ball used car salesman technique. If that's what people are getting off this, then you and I have really, really, really missed the mark. It's just a basic, fundamental thing. Feel, felt, found, because we wanna we want our patients to know that we understand how they feel. Because guess what? We've had other patients that have felt the exact same way. Let me show you some pictures of these patients. And what they found is when they got it done, they didn't have to worry about it anymore. Patients want to know they're not alone, Matt. This is so powerful. Why did this why did this um, skyrocket up to number two? because it's major trust building. We're on number two of our top 10 list by by our team members and this is number two, you know uh, I've, I've got down, uh, explain to new patient coordinators that we sat with, that we saw a patient just like them. And what that really means is I might look to my new patient coordinator, maybe Casey or Lacey, and I might say, Casey, do you remember that patient we saw? And I can't remember their name, but um, you know, he was from Ardmore and he drove an hour and 45 minutes to see us. And he had the exact same thing because he didn't like to smile either. And his uh, he wasn't a school teacher. He wasn't a principal. But he was a. Uh, 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 his, it was his. It was his brother's kids that made some comment, and so we fixed his mouth. Let me show you his pictures. Yeah. Can I say one other thing, Matt? Go ahead. On our top ten list, basically what we're doing is we're making a point, telling a story, and yes. we're telling a story about. What we do every day as dentists, and we might tell a story about, yeah, we all see this patient that comes in and they're fearful of needles. Well, the guys listening to this, they can identify that, or they couldn't get numb. Matt, you can identify that, or they, they had a terrible smile, or um, their, their grandpa wore their dentures. The Patients tell us, you know what, uh, uh, their grandpa wore their dentures in their pocket or in the bathroom cup. Well, guess what? You and I are presenting this to the doctors listening in the form of a story. And it's no different. That's why it makes number two. Because if you and I communicate properly to the doctors listening to this in the form of a story, then they'll remember a lot more. And it's no different than with our patients. We have to present things in the form of a story. And so start getting your catalog of stories. And one thing I would recommend before we move on you may even, when you deliver a big case, whatever it is, you tell the patient, or maybe you see them back in a post-op check, and you're taking your post-op picture. And you say, "Mrs. Jones, can I ask you a question?" Well, sure. If a patient came in and they wanted a dentistry done, and their mouth was just like yours, can I tell them your story? And the patient says, "Absolutely, you can." Now, I won't tell them your name, but can I show them your X-rays and maybe some pictures? Some will say, "Well, honey, you can show them whatever you want." Right. Some will say no, but right. start getting a list, start cataloging, um, and, and, and putting those patients in a file that have given you permission. Now they got to sign in the chart that they've given you permission, but start being able to go and say, Hey, Hey Casey, find me those pictures of that lady that, um, we did those implants on and we rebuilt her smile and she was kind of, kind of just like uh, Matt here.
0: Right. Yeah. And at the very least get the story. So you can tell a story without using names. Um, So if you have the story and and even, you know, we've gone through some things that the cases where the needle thing, right? There's those basic things. It's always the same. Well, instead of just saying, uh, oh yeah, um, we have other people like that and and here's what we do. No, you you get the questions, you find what it is and you follow out and you go, you know what? We had a patient just like you. in here. And, and if you can't even think of a name, (laughs) just make up a name and you can say, I can't use his name, but let's just call him Joe. And here's what happened with Joe. And, 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 uh, and, and then you'd say, you know, do you relate to that yeah well let me you know this is how he you know so you do the feel felt found and then and then you can talk someone through that way so you can make up a sort of a composite story you've had the story has happened in your practice absolutely stick stick a name on it and just tell them you're sticking the name just say yeah i i I got i I can't give his name but let's just call him joe let's just call her sue you know and then and go on with that so storytelling is is powerful even without pictures so okay so So we're on to number one.
1: Listen, that's number two patient stories. Number one is number one for a reason. My new patient coordinators said it was number one, but my team members throughout the entire office made me put number one at number one. And when I go over it, it's going to make sense. Number one needs to be number one because everybody misses this. So I would at least pause the recording now and get every one of your team members and listen to this. Get your new patient coordinators, get your hygienists, get your assistants. If you're, if you're seeing patients, if you're, if you're a part of the clinical team, you need to hear this. And it's how to close a case. And I hate that word. I don't want to use closing. I want to say how we can help our patients self-discover their needs. We've been talking about all this stuff. And if I was to wrap it up and put it down as number one, it's a big review over everything. Here's the truth, Matt. You ready? Go. Dentistry is sold in the back, not the front. I'm going to say it again. Dentistry is sold in the back, not the front. And I don't even,
0: that lady in the front, you know, she used to work at the car dealership and she knows how to do all the deals.
1: Well, she might be the one that goes over the financing, but she's not,
0: doesn't she she shut the door on the whole thing and get,
1: no, no, no. she's the one that makes everybody mad because that person didn't, that patient didn't tell them their dominant buying motive. That patient didn't tell them their emotional treasure. That patient didn't tell them their fears, their worries, that patient, she doesn't know anything about that patient. And you, you know, might transfer it to them, but it's not the same.
0: And you know what that you know what that patient told everybody when they left through practice when it went like that? All they care about is money.
1: That's exactly right. That's why dentistry sold in the back. Uh, uh, in a word, it's trust. And now, the the reason it's number one is because. We have to gift wrap this package and hand it to the front desk. So we're going to, we're going to, now listen to me. This is important. We're going to discuss the treatment. We're going to discuss the options and we're going to discuss the cost. If you don't know the cost, you give a range. You know, Mrs. Jones, if we're going to do these healing dentures and final dentures and take out your take out your remaining teeth and we're going to do these implants. And you said you wanted these implants that might be the 20 to $25,000 range. And so, uh, is it, how does that sound? And she said, Oh, that's great. Or she might say, you know, that's a little much. You don't, you always tell them you're giving them a range and you never want to go low. You always want to talk money, whether it's me or my new patient coordinators, we talk money from the beginning to the end. We're not afraid of it. We're not afraid of it at all, but we don't, we always preempt the patient. Now, listen, Matt, I, I'm trying to figure this in my head. So I'm going to give you a range and you know, it might be 22 to $25,000. I know darn well it's (laughs) $19,878. Matt, it might be 22 to $25,000. Right, go and on. the and now you, the the listen front desk people you're listening to this and you're realizing that he said twenty two to twenty five thousand and you bring up this gift this package gift wrapped and inside the package is the treatment the dominant buying motive the emotional treasure how often they can need to be seen they want to be sedated and they understand the fees and you hand it to that lady up in the front and you say Mrs Jones would like to get this done and she wants to be sedated and she wants it done in two visits so she understands and I gave her a range it'll be 20 to 22 to 25,000 now that is important now let me go one step further and we'll wrap this up dentistry sold in the back we always give our patients options this is a technique that a somebody i admire and respect told me uh, probably three years ago, and I've been using it not to manipulate anybody, but to make sure my patient is still engaged. And I'm going to tell you who told me this in just a minute. But the the patient comes in, and I say, do we do the entire process, and we do the exam, and I say, okay. So um, we've talked about your treatment. We've talked about a couple different options. Possibly we're going to. Um, maybe do option one, option two, option three, and we discuss the fees on all three of them. Now, do you have any questions about option one? No, I understand. Do you have any questions about option two? Now it costs more, but it's a little bit better. No, 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 I got it. Now, do you have any questions about option three? It's it's the best option that dentistry has to offer. Uh, do you have any questions about it? You're going to be able to chew better with that option. Uh, Do you have any questions there? No. Do you have any questions of fees? No. Okay. Now, tell me what you're thinking. Don't. It's that basic. Write this down, please. Tell me what you're thinking. By asking that patient to tell me what you think, it's so wide open. I have told them what they need. Now I'm about to give them Cheerfully, what they want. I review everything. Maybe it's, you know, you have a big cavity. We talked about that. I showed it to you on the internal camera. And this is a toothache patient. You have a big cavity. You, I showed you that. I showed you the cavity on the x ray. I showed you the infection in the bone. I showed you the puffy gums. To fix that, we need a filling down in the roots, a buildup in a crown and 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 if i send you to a specialist it might might be approximately this much if we do it it might be approximately this much do you have any questions or really tell me what you're thinking and the patient might say yeah um i never said this but um i've had three family members that had root canals and crowns and they all failed i just want the thing out well now you know or the patient might say i had three family members that that um Uh, had root canals and crowns, and they all worked. And that's what I want. That's to sell the dentistry in the back, to close in the back. You, You need to review and then close by reviewing all decisions and asking, now that we've gone over the treatment and the cost, tell me what you're thinking. They might say, I can't afford option three. Can we do option one now and do option three in four years? You never know what they're going to say. That's why this is number one. Do not overlook this, Matt. What am I missing here?
0: Yeah, I mean that's it's it's a process too. Um, so you you may be when just going back. Let's say you're in the middle of the exam, and then, and or your 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 uh, your your team um, is back there, and they start saying, "Okay, wait, there's all this stuff," and and uh, here's some things that Doctor Phillips might might. Uh, might suggest he might suggest that you get these teeth out and do something called a bridge. And here, here, and they show a little video on what the bridge is or whatever. And then they look at the patient and they go, uh, "You know, tell me what you're thinking about after I just showed you that."
1: That's so good.
0: And yeah. you might have someone going, "Well, you know, I'm late for soccer practice. I got to pick up my kids." I, I, I know it's all important. Can, can we come back? <laughs> you might get that.
1: And that's um, okay, Matt. That is okay.
0: okay. Because now you know what they're thinking and you haven't wasted your, your breath. Again, the thing, the thing that's so annoying to every dentist is someone took the time to pick up the phone, make an appointment, come into your office. They're coming in to buy something and then they just left and without buying something, something went wrong there. Um, it it's happened
1: be. to all of us. That has happened to all it of us.
0: That they they were, had an expectation of what they were going to find and you were real thorough and everything and they didn't find what they were looking from, for from you. And that's okay. But most of the time, it's you didn't really find out why they came in the first place. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe even When you wander into a store, they go, can I help you? Um, and, and maybe that's all they hear at the dental office, too. The front desk may be actually nice enough to go, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's the, that's the only question they got the, yeah. the whole time. So, well, I can uh, tell you
1: right now that if my new patient coordinators are listening to this, they're going to say, hold on, stop. Number one is not tell me what you're thinking. Number one is a review because dentistry is sold in the back, not the front. Our job is to put it all together, find out what they're thinking. And that does include in our practice, and I know your practice too, we talk, do talk fees uh, in generalities. It's not my job to give you the exact fee. It's not the new patient coordinator's job to give you the exact fee, although they can do it. But we we want to guide the patient through the process, including the fees. And that happens in the back. That doesn't happen in the front. Matt, when it happens in the front, it's a recipe for disaster. True?
0: Yep. That's the patient that fails. That's the That's, patient that a lot of times they'll agree with it, but, oh, yeah, I'll do that, you know, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll pay when I come in, whatever, you know, yeah. do worry, money's not a problem. And then uh, they fail a four hour appointment. So, yeah, uh, so that's that and that's always a shocker. But hopefully through listening to these 10 things, um, hopefully everybody's gathered a little bit of better information about really what true communication is with the patient. Um, so that so they feel like you're on their side, you're there for them. Um, and that doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, but, um, you gotta listen to this kind of stuff and get the feelings and, and maybe you gotta practice some words. Maybe you gotta practice doing feel felt found, uh, whatever it takes, but, you know, in your heart, you gotta feel like I- I'm here to really help this person at whatever level they're at. And so it's your job to find it. And, and to help them out or get them to someone that can and yeah. they'll always respect you for that
1: awesome stuff awesome stuff i appreciate it matt thank you for thank having you. me on this yeah. This is fun stuff
0: so i'm sorry everybody that it took us two episodes to get through 10 things but um but i'm not sorry because we went into some really good depth on some of these things and and uh if you were taking notes i know there's things that you can uh get going when we get uh through the the COVID 19 Uh, crisis and and get into everyday practice, Um, whether there's COVID around or not. um, These are all great principles and will be very well appreciated by your patients and your team. Um, And I hope there are team members listening to this. Um, You should feel proud. Um, uh, Dr. Phillips' uh, team, my team, should feel proud that that, that they provided us the backbone here of of all all these 10 things that we came up with. And other teams listening, you can do it. Um, we feel like we have some special teams, but I know there's a lot of special teams out there, uh, in, in, in many offices across the country. So, uh, again, the, the. The point of this podcast is is really um, to be, be able to become the best version of yourself. And, and this is one of the key areas that you can really become a best version of yourself is really by paying attention to these new people that you've never met before and really helping them in some way to become a better version of themselves, even if it's their teeth. And if you do it the way that we're talking about, it's not going to be just about their teeth. They're going to be a better person when they leave your office. I promise you, if you follow these 10 steps. So thanks again, John. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope you all uh, had as great a time as we did. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.
1: Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Dental Master Series, a periodic podcast on timely and stimulating topics for the success-driven dentist. You can find more Dental Master Series podcasts at sunrisedentalsolutions.com or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions, an exclusive community of highly successful, practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1-800-750-0737 or visit sunrisedentalsolutions.com.